Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. What is up, friends? And welcome to episode 35 of the Stay Grounded podcast. I'm your host, Raj. Super, super, super excited to introduce this week's guest, Mr. Logan Christopher. Logan is a very interesting guy. Uh, First, to start off, he's a performing strongman. So for those who don't know what a strongman does, they do exactly what it sounds like. They do incredible feats of strength uh, that normal individuals might look at and lose their breath or heart beat over. Uh, Logan has done feats like pulling an 8,800-pound antique fire truck by his hair, uh, juggling kettlebells that are that have been lit on fire and just all sorts of amazing stuff. And he talks about all of this on his website, legendarystrength.com, to just help people become stronger and use strength training to to create incredible feats of uh, really just confidence for himself. And he goes in, in this episode, he really goes deep uh, into why he got into that, the importance of that for him when he was a kid, um, how that relates back to his mom's passing, and really his passion for nutrition, health, and nature. Um, which is really brought out by his company, Lost Empire Herbs, uh, which is uh, an e-commerce company that's dedicated to bringing the herbal world into the lives of humans. Uh, so I'm not saying herbs like, you know, like, uh, like psychedelics or uh, marijuana or cannabis or anything like that. These are really stuff like roots and, and mushrooms and different things that are grown in the ground that can be used to enhance strength and performance. And what I love about Logan uh, is really his perspective on purpose and drive and how it all comes back for him. Uh, he views life as a collection as opposed to uh, just a, uh, a chapter and, and just find it so fascinating. And I love hearing from people who have who challenge my own ways of thinking about life, love, and everything in between. And Logan definitely did that. So I cannot wait for you all to enjoy the brilliance that is Logan. Uh, but before we do that, Please, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Stay Grounded podcast. Uh, pretty much subscribing, what that does is anytime we have a new episode, it comes out to you. You hear about it, and so you get to listen and uh, and give us some feedback. Get in touch with me, Chief Brewer at JowerPress.com. That is my email. Um, let me know what you like and don't like. I'm here for you guys. And uh, and yeah, this this podcast episode was so filled with incredible insights and uh, things that Logan doesn't usually share. And so uh, hope you guys are ready for this one. It's definitely uh, a meaty episode. So um, without further ado, here is Mr. Logan. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Stay Grounded podcast. Super excited uh, to be here with my friend, uh, Mr. Logan Christopher. How you doing, man? Doing great. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Well, I'm really, really grateful that you are here today because uh, you're probably one of the most fascinating people I've ever met in my life. And I already kind of went into your your, your intro or your bio in your intro a little bit, but I kind of want to dive in uh, just right off the bat, man. Um, why strength training? Uh, and when did you start and how has your passion for strength training grown, uh, the more you've done it? Um, I, am not naturally an athlete. In fact, I was very scrawny, very weak. So it, it wasn't born out of, you know, my love of strength training wasn't born out of strength. Really for me, what it was, was after kind of a dark period in high school, I, 
fell in love with strength training, starting with body weight exercises. And that led to kettlebells that led to uh, the old time strongman stuff. And for me, strength training was the first area where I really saw I could take control of my life, that I could set a goal and work at it, uh, learn about it and really begin to achieve some amazing things. I got to a point where, oh, I could do things that not everyone in the world could do. So I, I really love strength training. But for me, it was really that idea that I, I, I like to see what you do in the gym as a lab for the rest of your life. So it's a good place to practice applying all these mental strategies and tools and goal setting, that sort of thing. And of course, you get healthier and you get stronger for it. But you're also able to then take those skill sets and apply them to other areas of life. Um, right. So th that, that's a big reason for me. And just for whatever reason, like I, I read this biography of an old time strongman named the mighty Adam and this guy okay. bit through chains and bent nails and pulled or stopped airplanes from taking off by his hair. And for whatever reason, I was like, I want to do that. I'm not sure why that was. Uh, it just, you know, I guess part of my destiny, but I, I had that feeling and I've been pursuing it ever since. And you've been doing some pretty incredible feats. I mean, uh, I think you you told me you you pulled a truck with your hair. Yeah. So uh, uh, learning from this guy, the mighty Adam, uh, I pulled multiple trucks, but the the biggest one was an antique fire truck. So not quite the big uh, fire engines of today, but it was still eight thousand eight hundred pounds, and I pulled that about maybe fifty yards, fifty meters by my hair. Uh, which is not a fun exercise, not something I plan to do a whole bunch more, but uh, <laughs> sounded like a good idea at the time. Well, you know, I want to dive into that. Uh, you said that uh, the gym or, or feats of strength are almost like a playground for you to figure out and apply other principles of life, just success principles. What type of, what was going through your mind or how did you prepare yourself mentally uh, to pull that fire truck. Uh, and, and what was that, what was that like, man? Cause I can't imagine that being a very pleasant experience. No, uh, part of being a strong man is, uh, increasing your pain tolerance. Um, so it wasn't like one day I woke up and said, I'm going to pull a fire truck and did that later today. There's a whole series of steps that went into this. Uh, yeah. so as I mentioned with the mighty Adam, he pulled vehicles by his hair, as well as on two occasions, stopped single propeller airplanes from taking off by his hair, almost killed him. So he, I, I don't plan on replicating that one, but, uh, this idea of pulling, uh, vehicles by the hair, I was like, I have long hair because I was a metalhead, still am. Uh, <laughs> so I had the long hair. I was a roadie for my friend's band. It was actually me and another friend. We pulled a vehicle together. Uh, we tried it a couple times and then... Uh, it's not like something that I practiced a whole bunch, but then there's this event where, uh, I wanted to perform at where other people had performed strongman feats. So, uh, I was talking to the guy putting it on. He's like, well, I have this fire truck. Do you think you can pull that? And <laughs> I, I just said, yes, I think so. Um, but really with the, um, the hair pulling of vehicles, right? It, the once you understand the principles of strength training it's all about progressive steps right so i started with lighter vehicles i started working with heavier vehicles or i started going up a slight incline so i built up the strength and the skills that needed in order to be able to do this then when i flew out there i i was able to pull the fire truck but it was not easy how long did you train for this that's a good question i'd say from when I uh, talked to the guy about the event. It was probably, say, maybe at most six months, but it might have been less than that. Six so it was a months. few years now, so I don't quite recall. Dude, six months still. I mean, like six months going from zero to, to well, pulling. Well, so it's not going to zero. So the main thing is uh, people think, oh, you know, yes, it's painful on the hair, but you have all the hair together. It's about as strong as a rope. Uh, yeah. You do lose some hair, but uh, I like to say only the weak ones go. So it's no more than like a few days worth of brushing your hair or anything like that. Um, but the hair together is really strong. The, the hard part is the neck strength. And mm. while I had only been really focusing on pulling the vehicles uh, for that period of time, I'd been training my neck for now, uh, what was that, probably five years or so, really building up a strong neck. And that was the, the main component of what allowed me to do this feat. Have so, so you start. What, what at what age did you start really getting into strength training? Eighteen. Eighteen. Were you like growing up? Was your was your family into strength training? Did your did your like tell me more about just how you got into it, just from a familial side? 
So my oldest brother, he, he got into bodybuilding and we have entirely different builds. Like uh, I'm the, if people are familiar with these terms, I'm the ectomorph, which is the skinny or Ayurvedic doshas would be the Vata type. Uh, my middle brother is the mesomorph or the, the Pitta and my older brother is the endomorph or the Kapha. So it, it's just interesting. We had this different kind of spread of builds, but my eldest brother, he got really into bodybuilding and I was trying to do that. I was especially spurred by him into doing more of this. And I also played football for my high school team, but yeah. I was not really good at it. <laughs> Honestly, I sucked and our team sucked pretty much all four years I played there. Um, and I didn't really enjoy it. Like I, maybe gain some strength, but nothing seemed to really stick in all the bodybuilding I did or the strength training related to football. It really happened after that when I got into bodyweight exercise. And while I do love bodyweight exercise, that's using your own body as the kind of weighted implement rather than outside weights. Uh, yeah. What I fell into was actually understanding the principles of training. So for a little while, I thought, oh, body weight's the only way to go. But really, it was I just learned the principles and the same principles can be applied regardless of what sort of tool that you use. Give me an example of another tool you could use using the principles of bodybuilding. Uh, so it's not principles of bodybuilding, principles of strength training. While they're related, okay. bodybuilding is generally the, the way it's construed today is a, working to make your muscles bigger. Uh, yeah. Whether or not strength is actually related to that kind of depends on how you train. Um, so it's the, the main thing I was talking about before was progressive strength training. So yes. uh, whether you're doing push-ups or handstand push-ups or uh, barbell press or press with a kettlebell, uh, if you can do, say, five reps of something today, uh, you try to do six the next day or the next time you train. Uh, and there's a bunch of different factors, intensity, volume, density you want to look at. So different ways you can progress with it. But as long as you're making progress, you're making progress, you're getting stronger. How is uh, dedicating yourself to strength training sort of bled into other parts of your life? Well, I turned it into a career, so that certainly <laughs> uh, was a big thing. Started out as a personal trainer, but saw what other people were doing on the online world. So I've gradually moved more and more into that and producing things like books and videos uh, yeah. in, in the strength training world, covering a whole bunch of different things. So I'd say that has certainly been a big part of my life. Um, it was the strength training that really led me into some other fields of study, uh, got me interested in health and nutrition in the first place and also herbalism and then really going deeper on the mental side of things. Um, so I, I've studied neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis, a whole bunch of other stuff, specifically one of the reasons I studied these was to enhance my strength training. It kind of always comes back to that in the first place. So yeah. since I was not naturally strong or athletic, I was looking for secret weapons around. I wasn't going to do steroids, but, you know, what else was available, things that I wanted to do that would uh, support me in a more holistic way. I love that you use strength training as almost like your home base. Yeah. And then you learn all these other tools and you and, and all these different paths of education or resources to make yourself better in one way. I find that I find myself doing that a lot with business. Mm -hmm. Like my my base is business and then I'll go and learn different things like meditation or or NLP or or different aspects of business to make myself better, but it comes down to that that that's that sort of core. Uh, for people who don't really know what that core is for them, how do you find that? Mm -hmm. um, so that they can start approaching life with this sense of curiosity for different types of aspects of learning. Uh, what comes to mind right now is something I learned from one of my NLP teachers, Judith Delosier, who was there in the early days. And she talked about, there's kind of a few different pathways to finding what you want to do in life, or I guess finding that core. Um, and she talked about you, you could be blessed, uh, blissed, stressed or dissed so blessed would be some people are just blessed like they're, they're born into the world and they know exactly what they want to do and they just go and do it like they've known from when they were zero years old basically yeah uh, those people are lucky in that way right and that's i'd say is probably a minority uh blissed it's just really you know find something that you enjoy i think this was strength training really for me as i got into it especially once i found things that worked uh it I didn't need motivation in order to go exercise. Like the training itself is fun. I do more of it than my body could recover just because I actually enjoy the process of it. So I was following my bliss and 
really since I, I guess, became that, that core component, I was, I was just looking at other things for what could enhance this. Uh, yeah. Then there are, I think it was stressed in disc. Yep. Uh, basically, the other ones, just sometimes if uh, something is wrong in the world or someone really pisses you off, like that can give you fuel in order to really want to fix some sort of problem out there. Yeah, absolutely, man. So for you, where do you stand? Yeah, I'd say uh, the bliss was the biggest component for me. With the herbalism, kind of what I'm looking at, there's definitely that... Um, uh, wasn't stressed. I'm forgetting it now, but uh, seeing the problem in the world, like uh, even though so many things are great in this world, there's just high levels of chronic disease. I mean, I watched my uh, mother die of cancer. So that was a big fueling of wow. me in learning, uh, going down the alternative health path and learning what you could do with herbs as well as all sorts of other healing modalities as far as being able to have that skill set so people can have vibrant health well into old age. Walk me through that, man. When did your uh, when did your mom pass? That was two thousand nine. Okay, and that's when you started the herbalism path. After that, I had I was just getting into it. So from the strength training, I was I was focused on you know supporting my own performance. Um, so I, I learned like oh you know I I went from just standard American diet, then I was like oh nutrition you know I'll, I'll recover better, I won't get sick, so that won't detract from my workouts. Uh, I'll just have better energy and just be able yeah. to do things better. So started to get into nutrition. Um, as I learned about that, I, I learned about uh, really my, my start in herbalism was uh, a Ch Chinese Taoist philosophy of herbs. So there's some superior herbs that you take not to kind of cure disease, but really to help just support your overall well-being in general. Yeah. And you can take these every day, all the time, essentially. Um, so I started to get into that and I was dabbling into it. And it was somewhere around that time. Well, my mom had originally got diagnosed with cancer sometime before. She did conventional yeah. treatment. She was a registered nurse. And it went away. But then it came back. And in the end, it claimed her life. How do you feel like that experience has, has, has pushed you uh, to do what you're doing now? It definitely has. Like I said, it just fueled me deeper because I, I had that aspect of that kind of towards motivation and NLP they talk about towards and away from motivation it's a meta program in there so I had that towards like I wanted to perform at the super high level I wanted to do these feats of strength that few people or no one in the world could do so I was going towards that but then I you know went through the the painful death of my mom which was not a fun experience by any stretch of the imagination uh, yeah. so seeing that like I, I wanted to build the skill set that I could help other people I loved and cared for uh, so that wouldn't happen with them or I could help guide them in a better way. So that really spurred me on. So I had that away from as well. How do you, um, you know, there, are, I feel like so, there's always like an experience that everyone goes through at some point in life that sort of either sets the trajectory for them or it shapes the trajectory for them. Mm -hmm. um, for those who haven't gone through uh, you know, some sort of life-changing experience like that, how can they glean some of the lessons from those who have so that they can change their life at will? Mm, that's a really good question. I think I, I, I do my best to really learn from other people as much as I can, but sometimes you right. just need to experience yourself. Like there's nothing that is going to uh, give you really that, that, deep inner sense that knowing not just like a cognitive belief, but a knowing about something, uh, then actually going through the experience. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would recommend people, you know, get out there, experience different things, you know, traveling is great for that, but meeting a whole bunch of different people as much as you can, uh, reading, learning, uh, you can learn all these ways and hopefully you can glean some of those lessons from other people. I mean, so many people have lived, insane lives and they've written it down in books. So that's there for the taking. Um, but by all means you can get that. And sometimes you also need to experience yourself. How do you feel like self? Cause I mean, you put yourself through like a lot of physical struggle, right? Like in strength training, how do you feel like struggle, uh, allows for these skill sets and, and, and different mindsets for living a happier life or, or just taking more ownership in life sort of evolve? Like how does struggle play into the equation? It, I mean, it's all about struggle. It's all about stress. These are 
actually good things when done in the right amounts. Um, right. We, we, we tend to think, yeah, because people are chronically overstressed from a, a whole bunch of things and it's not really, I guess, directional. So they're not necessarily growing in certain ways. Um, yeah. But yeah, back to the strength training that, 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 you know, lifting weights or doing body weight says is a stressor on the body. And by having that stressor, you then recover a bit and you come back stronger. That's the whole idea of it. Uh, that's another reason I feel that, you know, training in the gym is a good uh, laboratory for training in life because you see kind of a, a quick cycle of this happening, which can be carried over into those other areas. Uh, really what I've been looking at in life is kind of the, the harder the struggle the, or the worse the event, really the possibility of even greater things coming from that. So with my mom passing from cancer, yes, that obviously sucked at the time. And uh, there was processing of it that helped get me to this point. But I, I see that now as the last gift that she gave me because of how it gave me that course correction, essentially in my life that steered me in different ways. And now because of that, you know, I'm helping uh, so many more people in these different ways. Yeah. It's almost like it's like, it's, it's shaped your purpose. Yeah. Um, how do you nurture purpose in your mm -hmm. own life? Just keep moving forward. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really think that's, that's a simple goal. answer. <laughs> it, I, I mean, life, life's going to happen, whether you're doing things or not. I've really been looking at, you know, how can I make a bigger impact? Uh, lately, I've been listening to the work of uh, Jordan Peterson, who's yep. uh, got somewhat famous being in the news recently. But it, he talks about he has this whole series of going through the the early parts of the Bible and kind of gleaning lessons from that, even from like a not theological viewpoint. It's really interesting yeah. stuff. But something that I talked about is, you know, you want to look at what is good for you, uh, but you need to look at this in a multi-leveled type of way. Um, so some of this is coming from him, but also some of my own thoughts kind of extrapolating on that. So you want to look at what's good for you today, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, a decade from now, or over the course of your lifetime. If you can have real alignment in those as far as your purpose, then you're going to basically achieve that purpose or achieve great things. Uh, Furthermore, it's not just about yourself, but you want to uh, be thinking about yourself, your family, your social circle, your community, and the whole planet, and possibly even further than that down the line, right? And then yeah. lastly, you want to look at uh, back to yourself, but also in relation to these other people, uh, the physical level, the mental level, the emotional level, the spiritual level, and we could probably throw a few other levels in there, but if you're looking at this all holistically, then that's going to uh, just really keep everything in alignment towards those purpose. So you really need to think about things. Okay, this may be good in the moment now, but is this going to serve me a decade from now? The more you can think bigger picture and longer term, overall, I feel that that serves a greater purpose. But Logan, let me ask you this. I mean, life changes. Unexpected things happen. And... And so like when you say setting almost like a vision for the next several years, what if something happens? And like when you're setting these visions, like the fear of change, like when something happens and something's going to change, mm -hmm. how does that impact the vision you write or the purpose you create? Because change is something that happens and it's, 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 the, only, it's the only guarantee. Uh, so how does that factor into purpose and how you crystallize what you really want? Right. Well, you got to be adaptable. That is, uh, this is somewhat of a paradoxical thing, like have a very clear vision of where you want to go. And at the same time, know that the, the path there is not going to be how you foresee it, or even the end vision is not going to be quite the same. So back to strength training, uh, I, I'm a big proponent of listening to my body. And I actually have like a specific sort of process that goes into that. Most people have heard that phrase, but few people actually know what it really means have like an internal felt experience of what that means and how to do it. So yeah. I, I have a vision of where I go. I want to go in the gym. I have certain goals I want to hit. But any given day when I go into the gym, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing until I feel out my body and feel what's appropriate in that moment. Uh, so I have kind of a structure and I have those goals, but I'm adaptable moment to moment. And I, I think that's corollary 
to life as well, uh, because you, you have to change. I also think, I've been thinking about this, like there's this idea, we, we all have 99 problems. I think this goes to a, a Chinese idea. There's 99 problems and it's really bad if uh, a person has 100 problems because the 100th problem is thinking that you shouldn't have any problems. Uh, but with problem, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I kind of butchered that story, but that's kind of paraphrasing it. But with problems, right, there are, you know, life is going to throw problems at us. That is the nature of life. You know, right. people die, there's disease, there's all kinds of stuff. We all have problems. And some of them are first world problems, some of them aren't, you know, but they're all still problems and they can be very real to the people. I think when you have a greater purpose and a greater vision, what you're doing is you are choosing some problems. Uh, you're choosing some bigger problems. And in that way, you actually get to choose your problems. Life's still going to throw certain curveballs at you. But I feel like there are less of those when you are choosing to do bigger things in the world. I mean, it's still life. So shit's still going to go down. Still, yeah. still going to hurt you from time to time. And sometimes that's necessary and you got to be adaptable with that. But overall, I think by having a, a clear vision, a clear purpose, you're choosing some of your problems. So overall, in a way, it, it's going to be a little bit easier of a life for lack of a better way of phrasing it. No, I love that. It's almost like you're, you're choosing the struggles that you want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and by choosing the struggles you want to have, you inadvertently make the struggles easier to deal with. Mm-hmm. There are things that you're willingly putting yourself through, whether it be strength training or dieting or, you know, building business. It doesn't matter uh, because I, I love that. I, and I love that perspective. How does happiness uh, and your personal fulfillment and happiness play into the idea of, of having a vision for your life? Mm. So happiness is an interesting thing. And I've been reflecting on this uh, a bit more lately. I don't necessarily aim for happiness Mm. because I've I've found, you know, happiness does to some extent just uh, it's it's determined by outside factors. Um, I I think a better thing to shoot for is feeling fulfilled, which goes back to that purpose. And uh, there's like a contentment that goes with it. I mean, the lines are blurry between these nebulous words and values that we talk right. about. But I, I realize that happiness can sometimes be fleeting. Like I'll have moments when I'm absolutely happy, but there's also moments when I'm not. And the the worst thing to do, and what's kind of common when people get somewhat depressed or down or whatnot, is they think it's going to be like this forever. I know that you know, the entrepreneurial lifestyle, the uh, type A personality, there's a roller coaster that comes with it. Um, There's going to be high moments where everything's happy. There's also going to be low moments. And I'm working on really not, uh, yeah, really emphasizing aiming for happiness that kind of comes and goes. And, you know, people have looked at certain people have like maybe a different set point of happiness. So a lot of it may not be in your control, um, but that's just what I've been thinking about lately. If I'm more fulfilled, I find that uh, I'm pretty much happier just from that. So I aim more for fulfillment in what I'm doing. And that goes back to the purpose. Give me an example of how you've transformed a really low point in your life into fulfillment. Hmm. Well, my whole life story <laughs> um, yeah. back, back in high school, like I, I, really didn't like myself at all. Um, I, there was a period where I didn't have any friends. Like I hung out with some people at school, but not outside of it. I was extremely right. introverted. Um, and I came to hate myself for this because, you know, I wasn't popular. I wasn't, you know, dating the hot girls or anything like that. Um, and although once again, that sucked at the time, I realized that that planted the seeds for me to realize, oh, I could take control of these things and then excel in these different areas of life and improve myself and become someone that I really wanted to be rather than being stuck there. Yeah. So, so you essentially took, you used that pain as almost fuel, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, you know, there's probably still shreds of that uh, self-loathing that I had then. I've obviously worked on that a lot over the years. Uh, So I I really like looking at myself now and comparing myself to when I was, say, 16 years old. I I do not see myself like there's just shreds of the same person. I'm so different in so many different ways. 
uh, kind of because of going through that experience. What would you go back and tell your 16 year old self? If I could have just instilled that self-responsibility uh, for, for me, for everything, every area of life, it, it comes down to self-responsibility. You know, it's not uh, your spouse's responsibility or your family or your parents. I mean, it's your parents to a certain degree as you're growing up, but part of becoming an adult is taking over that responsibility. So if I could have instilled self-responsibility at an earlier part, so I could have kind of started on the process sooner, right. I think that would have been uh, very helpful. But also at the same time, you know, the, the process was the process and I'm overall happy and fulfilled today. So I wouldn't necessarily want to screw with it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I guess, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and it's, mm -hmm. it's impossible to connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. Um, so tell me like connecting the dots uh, from, from where you came to where you are now, you know, how has everything you've done, like, what is one, one experience that sort of that you didn't think was going to help you do what you're doing now, um, become incredibly useful now? Because uh, mm. one of the things I've always realized in my life is that uh, I find myself begrudgingly, sorry, I'm like fumbling my words, begrudgingly going into certain scenarios and situations saying, oh, I don't want to do this or this isn't going to be fun. This isn't what I want to do. But then inadvertently, five, six, seven, eight years later, I look back on my life and I'm like, I'm so glad I did that. So what are some examples of how that has shown up in your life? And how do, how do you approach new things, new experiences, things that are outside of your comfort zone now? Mm, that is a great question. So what, what's coming to mind is uh, a book that I've written. It's not published yet. Um, and there's a really large backstory to this one. Um, I essentially, well, I, I went down to the Amazon rainforest with a charity organization that my company supports and I support personally as well. And we did an ayahuasca ceremony and I didn't quite have visions. Like I, I didn't see, wow. I didn't have the standard thing, but then the shaman was, uh, talking about the experience and whatnot. Um, and. I'm condensing this greatly right now. Uh, but the next day we were doing a drum journey. Slogan, don't condense. Don't condense. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the shaman, the, the next day we are sitting around and we had a group of 12 people. This was part of uh, a splinter of a larger group. We had 30 some odd people, but not the shaman couldn't handle that many. So we actually went off to different shamans there. Yeah. Uh, so everyone was telling about their visions and the shaman was translating them. Uh, and it took a while. It was an uh, exercise in patience because it had to be translated from English to Spanish to Atuar, back to Spanish, back to English. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was very interesting. And hearing all these studies or uh, the stories from the people and what the shaman was saying, then it comes to my turn and I kind of uh, I tell the story like I, I drank three cups of the ayahuasca, which is more than anyone else there. Um, I did eventually throw up, which I was kind of shooting for. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of, I had sensations in my body. For me, it was more of a somatic experience. Like I felt it in my body, but the, the visions didn't necessarily come. But what okay. the shaman said was I did have visions. I just didn't notice them. Uh, and, you know, ayahuasca being his world, uh, I, I'm apt to kind of take his explanation with at least equal weight as mine. Yeah. Uh, so he says this anyway, the next day we're doing a, a drum journey led by John Perkins to help integrate the trip. We had come back to the, the bigger group. And in this journey, uh, I kind of went into some of the stuff that the shaman said. He said he, he saw the forest talking to me. And that at some point I, I came up to him and shook his hand, like not physically, but spiritually and said, I yeah. wanted to be friends. Uh, so I, I'm going into this and I'm uh, like going through the trees and I come out with this message that I'm to be an emissary of nature and an emissary for people that aren't familiar with it. It's kind of like a, a delegate or an ambassador type of thing. Mm -hmm. But I had this really strong message and then I shared that with the whole group and a lot of people said they had goosebumps, which in general seem to be a good thing to follow from time to time. Um, so then I, I had this message, okay, I'm, I'm to be an emissary of nature. And already I was kind of, uh, 
I felt I was, I was I was on this path, right? From my mom's passing, from what I was doing in the herb business, uh, trying to bring people closer to the herbs. But I had this message that it wasn't just something I was doing. This was something nature herself wanted me to do. And it was yeah. being communicated through uh, these plants and the journeys there. So I end up working with another shaman to kind of flesh that out. And this idea that I should work on uh, a book. And so that book is called Powered by Nature. I'm hoping to get it out this year. Um, Congratulations, but, man. Yeah. And I, I've, I've never worked so hard. Like I've written other books, a lot of self-publishing and whatnot. I've never worked so hard on anything as I have this book. Uh, just the amount of time I spent on it. And I, I really feel if it's, it's somewhat dense. Like I did a lot of scientific uh, research or uh, looking at studies. And there's, I think, some like 300 references in the book. Like I, I went deep on this thing. And it wasn't a fun project. <laughs> There's certain aspects of fun, but more of it, especially like editing and whatnot, uh, it has been something that would grind. And it wasn't something I necessarily wanted to do, but I was literally called by nature to do it. Explain the feeling you have, because I'm trying to, I want to, I want to understand, because this is fascinating me. Like explain your drive to write this book. Mm -hmm. Why is this so important? So let's see, there's, there's a couple different things here. The first is going back to my mom. So much of the chronic disease we have today is because we humans have removed ourselves from nature. Uh, although, you know, we came up in nature, we are part of nature. We just work to remove ourselves and have been somewhat effective in that process. And I could go into all the different details of, you know, looking at our food and water supply, but our air, uh, just the being indoors all the time, uh, the light, the EMFs, all kinds of stuff that we have that are steps away from nature that bring us out of harmony. And then we have chronic diseases. Um, not to say that us humans haven't come a long ways and developed certain things, but we, we have lost a lot of this message. And realizing that nature, what is in nature, is a whole bunch of other living beings, even intelligent beings. I mean, uh, one of my favorite chapters in my books is, is about symbiosis. Uh, so everyone's, probably everyone is familiar with the microbiome, right? We have all these yeah. bacteria in us and they actually outnumber us. Um, so we're more bacteria in a way than human, or at least it's symbiotic. What people don't realize is there's also the microbiome, the fungal component. We even have animals, parasites in there, which aren't necessarily all bad. Uh, countless viruses that interact with these different things and viruses aren't all bad either. So we really are a symbiosis and realizing that that's reflected downwards, like into our body, uh, but also outwards, like we're symbiotic with the planet earth and with the nature around us. So I've had multiple experiences really, you know, like talking to nature, talking to plants and getting messages from them, uh, understanding that they are sentient beings essentially. And this wasn't just under the influence of psychedelics, like uh, just working with the plants in a few different ways. This has become uh, something that I know to be true. So yeah. that, that is why that is important. And I forget your original question. If you ask it again, I think I have some other point that I'll remember. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, you said that this writing this book has not been fun. Mm -hmm. um, so why are you doing it? Because... It, it, the, I need to get the message out there. Well, because I was called by nature and to refuse this call, you know, going back to the hero's journey, there's always that refusal of the call and then something worse happens. <laughs> uh, so I, I want to avoid that. So, uh, I, I dared not to refuse the call. Um, I, and it's not that it's all sucked. <laughs> like it has been a bit of a drag of a process and I've had to develop new skills and learn things. And I became a much better writer through this yeah. process. So even if the book never got published for me, it was worth it. But yeah. I also want to share this message with a whole bunch of people out there because it's going to help them to get better in alignment with nature in a whole bunch of different ways. And it's going to support their health and performance in that way. You're driven by something deep. Um, and I want that for myself. Uh, I, I, I love this and I, I admire you for it because it, it's, it takes a lot of guts to, uh, to follow a calling or to follow something that comes to you, whether it be in a, in a, in a situation or an experience, it takes a lot of guts. Um, so I want to, I want to, I want to admire you for that, man. I, I, I really do right now. 
Um, how, how do you think this experience is going to bleed into every other part of your life? I don't really think of my life in like segmented ways. Like everything affects everything, you know, and we've been talking about this is kind of thread throughout, right. You know, what I'm doing in the gym is not just, you know, taxing my muscles in order to get stronger, but uh, it's cultivating uh, awareness within my body by listening to it better. It is cultivating the skill set of aiming towards goals. And at the same time, I'm developing new ideas, which I then write about and that drives forward uh, one of my businesses. I'm out there talking to a plant and it may give me an idea for a business. Like everything is mixed together in a holistic way because I mean, that's what holism is all about the whole of it. I love that. And I think that's really inspiring. That's a really inspiring message for me to hear. Um, Especially since, like you said, you know, it's really hard to see how one thing is going to impact something else. And Mm -hmm. I love that you view life as a collection of experiences and it's not, it's not chapters. It's just a collection. Mm-hmm. Um, and each collection bleeds into the next one. Right. Um, and the, there, there is an element of faith to it, right? So when I'm writing this book, uh, I, I'm trusting, you know, especially since I was called by nature or say if we wanted the, the universe in order to do this, that, you know, it's not, um, it's not going to just fail miserably. It's not going to be not worth the time and effort in doing it. Yeah, 100%. Dude, I'm excited. When does this book come out? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm hoping to get it out before the end of this year. Okay. Uh, but we shall That's see. Exciting. That's <laughs> exciting. And I, and, I, and I admire you for this. Uh, Logan, tell me about uh, Lost Empire Herbs and how that relates back to uh, everything you've shared, the collection of experiences you've gone through, and sort of, sort of how that drives what you're doing now and doing in the future. Mm -hmm. So I got into herbs in the first place. And when many people hear the word herb, they're thinking either cannabis or uh, like culinary herbs and nothing wrong with either of those two, but that's, that's not what we're doing. Um, I I got into herbs to support my performance in the gym. I I worked with the first herb ever really I used was cordyceps mushroom, uh, which is a, a great herb for helping with endurance and conditioning and that sort of thing. And I, I took it and I felt there was a difference in my performance and uh, I went deep down the rabbit hole. Years later, I I start a company along with my two brothers who are involved in the business in order to start sourcing these herbs for ourselves. And, you know, we'll we'll start it as a business. We'll see what happens. It's grown significantly since then. Uh, the, The way I see herbs is, first of all, we focus on some very powerful herbs out there, especially around hormonal health. Uh, So for uh, men or women, uh, a lot of people have hormone issues these days. And a big part of that is because our environment is just filled with endocrine disrupting chemicals from things like plastics, pesticides, skincare products. Uh, It's in our food and water. It's, It's everywhere. And even if you do everything else right, like you cannot avoid it. There's BPA in the air, essentially. Yeah. So you can minimize it and you absolutely do need to work to minimize it. But we need allies and uh, there are some great herbs that can be those allies that you consume and they can really give you a tangible, feelable difference in your life, in your energy, in uh, performance in the gym, performance in the bedroom. A lot of these herbs help for that as well. So I want to give people that uh, effect something that they can notice because so many of the supplements out there you take them because you hear it's good for you and you have no idea whether it's actually doing something or not so we specialize in herbs that will give people uh, a feelable difference with them. how do you feel like a healthy body leads to a happier state well so many of the these herbs, I mean, they're all psychoactive in the sense that it is active on your psychology. It just may be to a below threshold, below conscious threshold type of thing. So you don't need to be just taking these hallucinogenic mushrooms or ayahuasca, that sort of thing. Those are great and they're very powerful, but that's like getting hit over the head with a sledgehammer. Uh, <laughs> 
and you can do things like microdose with those, but herbs, like they're all active. Uh, just sitting at my desk here, and I took this before the call, uh, blue vervain. Uh, it helps. I can I have a literal feeling as soon as the tincture that drops from it hit my tongue, uh, because it's a bitter nerving, it has that bitter flavor. It's actually basically just releasing stress off of the nervous system. And I can feel that within my body. So it helps me to be uh, calm, like going into an interview and whatnot. Uh, so it's herbs for me, because they can give this big impact, especially when you get the good stuff, I kind of see it like the Trojan horse. Uh, that's what I kind of see what we're doing with the herb company. Get people introduced to these herbs. Oh, look, all this stuff from nature is really awesome. And, you know, bring nature into your life in all these other ways as well. I love that. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, you know, when I think about herbs, I mean, I, it's, it's, I'll be honest. I, I used to be a real big skeptic. Um, how do you sort of change skepticism around this idea of herbs and, and the, and the benefits they can have for you? Mm -hmm. uh, there's only one way to do it for a person that will actually change them. And that's for them to try it themselves and get a difference. Uh, something that we're always saying is no herb works for everyone, right? So we get reviews and it's unfortunate. It happens. A person buys herbs, they say it doesn't work. And so they, they think it's a scam, right? Because it didn't work for them. Uh, yeah. But sometimes we're also able to uh, talk to those customers and say, hey, well, one, we have like a very generous money back guarantee. Uh, but we say, you know, try this other herb instead. You got to try a few different things. Find what works for you. And we've had customers that are very successful in doing that. So I, I don't think any amount of research will necessarily convince a person. And even if there's research out there, which behind some of these herbs, there's very impressive research, other ones, not so much, it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, that can be helpful. And we, we, we look at the scientific research, but we also look at the ancient wisdom, you know, the, the system of Chinese medicine or Ayurvedic medicine, or these different ways that people for thousands of years have been using these herbs. Logan, if you could leave uh, the world with one legacy, what would it be? If I could get people as a whole to steer the ship just back towards a little bit more alignment with nature, then I, th I think that would have been a life worth living. You think your mama would have been proud? Yes. I've talked to her. She is. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. I love you, man. I, I just love what you're doing. I love the passion and energy uh, that you put into uh, really figuring out the human, the, the human spirit more so and connecting that back to our roots, which is nature. Um, I love your dedication to that and I admire it. And God, you, the, the fact that you can do some pretty intense shit in, 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 in the strength world is also mind blowing me too. Uh, but that's really a bonus to just who you are. Yeah. Well, for me, it's really because I do all these different things. I can do these amazing things in different areas. It really does all fit together. Uh, I, I know part of my part of my journey is doing many things. It, sometimes it feels like a curse. Like if I just focused on one thing, I'd be able to take that so much further. But really, my my greatness comes in uh, essentially aiming towards being a Renaissance man. Do you think everybody should be a Renaissance man? No. You really have to know yourself. Uh, yeah, you have to figure things out for some people, you know, just being focused on one thing, that is the best way they can do it. I, I do think there's some degree of renaissance I guess, uh, that will help people. I mean, everyone should be, you know, have at least a cursory knowledge of health and fitness and finances and relationships and sex and all these different things. All those areas that we all have in common, I think it's worth uh, spending some time on that so you don't have like a gaping weakness that holds you back in life but beyond that you know then you may choose to just focus on one thing or many it's up to you love it um logan you've been such a such an honor to have here man um i have one last question for you uh that i love to ask all of our amazing uh guests um with everything you've been through from uh, your childhood experiences to your your mother passing to you writing this book. How do you stay grounded on a daily basis? I think naturally I am a somewhat grounded person, uh, but that doesn't help anyone. So uh, <laughs> I'll say a few other things. Um, I do. I make sure to you know do the kind of the habits, the routines that support me being grounded. And uh, every morning I wake up, drink a cup of coffee with some herbs in it. 
Uh, and I do some journaling and morning meditation, looking at dreams, different things like that. I feel that really helps. Uh, secondly, actually literally getting grounded. We have an electrical connection to the earth that passes through. So walking barefoot outside, or there are a few other forms of getting grounded, but generally like actually touching your feet or your body to the ground is really going to help. Uh, so those are a couple different things that really help me to stay grounded. I love it, man. I love it. And, uh, I may have to ask you later about dream journaling. Cause that's really interesting. Actually, can you, can you explain that real quick? What is dream journaling? Uh, so I, I aim to remember my dreams every morning. Um, I, it doesn't happen all the time, but I'd say more often than not, I at least have some fragments of one or more dreams. Um, and then when I sit down with my coffee, uh, it, it seems to work okay for me. I've, I've done over the years some different ways of doing this, like actually writing them down while you're still in bed. That really helps with the dream recall more. Because uh, the first part of being able to interpret your dreams is remembering them in the first place, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. is the hard part. Uh, in our Western culture, like there are so many people that don't dream anymore. And I think that's a big problem uh, that that is not happening. And that may just be they're not getting enough sleep or a whole bunch of other things. Uh, but dreams are important. The Atwar people who I stayed with down in the Amazon, they kind of look at the dream world as important as this one. And they have a routine that they, they get around and drink while use of tea and actually they throw it up. But uh, <laughs> they, um, they interpret their dreams every single morning. So my process, I, I write down the details of the dream. Then while I'm in a meditative state, I, actually like talk to my high self and ask him <laughs> what, what do these dreams mean? And almost always I get something that comes through uh, with dreams. Generally there can be multiple different interpretations. So, uh, but I'll just write down what comes through and look at where sometimes it's calling me on stuff that I, I should be aware of or uh, giving me ideas that I can use in business or working out, like all kinds of things come through. Uh, but that process seems to work pretty well for me. Dude, you, I love what I love most about you. Actually, I love a lot of things about you, Logan, but what I love about you is the dedication you have to figuring yourself out. Um, was that always something that came to you or was no, that? I think that really came out of coming out of high school in that dark period and then figuring things out. Like I, I realized, I think I heard this from Brian Tracy. Like you talked about, you know, if it's to be, it's up to me. Um, I, mm -hmm. I literally, Jim Rohn and Brian Tracy and also Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Uh, I used to work at a grocery store and I'd have earphones in and I just listened to these things over and over and over again and really kind of saturated me to a uh, you know, bone marrow level on just kind of these principles of success. And uh, they've been with me ever since. So, I mean, if, if you don't work on yourself, what do you, you think the world's just going <laughs> to work on you for you? Like it will in a, a couple ways, but really it's up to you. So yeah, my life. A hundred percent. Well, uh, Logan, man, I just wanted to take another moment to say how grateful I am for you. Thank you so much for just opening up and sharing your story and all these amazing nuggets, um, for our listeners. Um, well, thank you. I think this was probably one of the most fun interviews I've had in, in a long time and went places that have not gone before. So great questions. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm curious and passionate learner. Um, so if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, Logan, how would they do that? Uh, just head to the websites, but uh, my email address, that's generally the best way to get in touch with me, logan at lostempireherbs.com. Amazing. Cool. Well, uh, guys, uh, that's a wrap for this episode of the Stay Grounded podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with Logan and I. I sure as hell did. Um, so uh, until next time, from me and Logan, stay grounded. We'll catch you guys soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of the Stay Grounded podcast brought to you by Java Press Coffee Company. My name is Raj, and I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to make daily happiness a priority. If you're interested in learning more about how your morning coffee can turn into a consistent source of joy in your life, visit www.javapress.com to learn how our products can help you do that and use the coupon code PODCAST for 10% off your purchase. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.